The Mighty House crew is on the job. This is Mighty House. Hey, we're back, and today, Rich, what are we going to do? We're going to talk about uh, protecting yourself from flood damage. Flood. Or what to do after the flood. That's right. Flooded basements. So stay tuned. And uh, before you do that, let's let's go down here. Let's click on that uh, that subscribe button. Dingle on the bell. That way you get notified next time we post a video. And uh, with that, let's try to get started. Let's give us this first picture there, Sonar. What do we got there? There, you got a flooded basement. Flooded basement. That's a swimming pool, right? Yeah. Well, notice this extension cord laying in there. How fast are you going to run down into that water, Rich? Ooh, not too fast. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a way to check that. Uh, oh, yeah, we do. That's right. So this is part of our one of our client toolkits. Yes. This is the multi-tester and outlet tester. And then this is what we're talking about. This little baby down here, which is the NCVT3P voltage tester and flashlight. Yeah. Now, what this does is it senses voltage. So if you were to turn this on and go by an outlet, it would beep. Right. If you go to your basement and you pass this over the water, if the water is electrified, it will beep. Yep. And that means do not enter the water. Yep. So if you've got a finished basement and you may have outlets underwater, do not assume they've shorted or whatever. You could step into electrified water, and if you ground yourself, you become the path. <laughs> there you go. That's it right there. <laughs> so, and you can see that 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 shot, previous shot there, had the extension cord laying in the water. You don't know if that's plugged in, if that's got a nick in it that could be shorting out. So then you step down in the water, and maybe you slip on something, and you grab a pipe, you ground yourself out, and boom, you're gone instantly. You're gone. Done. And it, it's very simple. So yes, do not. That's why when you hear "Don't go in the basement if it's flooded," blah blah blah, people go, "Oh, I'm good." You know, it, you don't know unless you know for a fact that water's not electrified or you ground yourself. You know, it's it's a big deal. Right. So be careful. Boots, rubber boots, stay dry the whole nine yards and don't touch anything if you're wet. That's right. There you go. So, so okay, safety briefing's done. Next. Yes. <laughs> what do you do with the water heater? Now this is a gas one. So if this floods, yeah. and uh, you can tell that's got the little uh, the piezo switch on there to, to ignite it and get it started. If you have an older version that just has a pilot light, you can probably just put a torch in there, dry it out, and fire it right back up. Um, with these and the piezos, you, you can open them up and let them dry out a little bit and just keep you know hitting the spark uh, yeah. arrestor there. Keep hitting it until you get a spark inside. Then you can turn on to, to your pilot and fire it back up. And uh, A lot of those still have a manual light on them, like, you know what I mean? So I don't know if you can bypass it, but I suppose you could just pack the whole water heater in a bag of rice and let it dry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I don't know, 90% of the time they're going to fire back up, you know, and, and, and be okay. So you yeah. might need a new... Uh, thermocouple or something like that to get it running, right. but... The igniter, whatever, yeah. either one, right. But the other thing, like, when we get into, you know, what to do, and we'll get there in a, in a minute, but, I mean, getting it dried out as quickly as possible is really key. You yes. know what I mean? You don't need it building up. Right. And if you've got a, a, a fancy or electronic one, or maybe you've got a tankless <laughs> that gets buried, 
A tankless one is probably going to be a different ball game. You, you may not be able to get that fired back That's up. That's pretty much toast, I would think. Yeah. I mean, so. I have a condensing water heater, and I think if I ever got it underwater, I'd pretty much just write it off. Yep. There's too many boards and things in them now. I mean, it's not a water heater anymore. Correct. So basic water heater, great. If you're a flooded basement, that you can fire back up. Some of the other ones you may not be able to. An electric water heater, I don't know if you'd want to turn that back on if you were standing in the water and it was still no. wet. So, you know, be careful if you've got an electric water heater and it's in the basement like that. So yeah. uh, next up is... And typically your coils are up high. Like yeah. If, you know, it depends where the water level was. You should have a water line on there, but your coils are up high. Your, you know, electrical usually comes in through the top. Um, but all the same, I mean, I would, I would just leave that breaker off right. until everything is dried up real well. Exactly. Is that why you guys put electric water heaters higher up on the wall? most of the time because they're smaller and just in case it it goes or do you guys just no so like around? in the chicago area and so on you would put a bit you know if it was a 30 gallon electric water heater it looked like a 30 or 40 gallon it'd be normal looking and oh, i mean on-demand on water heater and just have electrical connections to the top where you see them mounted higher is in areas where like i live where we have what we call base flood and that's hurricane. So we figure the worst storm surge we'd have is 11 foot. So my base flood might be 11 foot. And I water heater, the bottom of the water heater has to be at 12 foot above sea level. <laughs> so that I'm one foot above base flood. Got it. So that's why if you walk in my garage, my water heater is sitting on a two and a half foot tall stand. Oh, okay. That puts me a foot above base flood. So now my insurance covers it and it should never be underwater. Interesting. So he's also is. asking about the, the tankless problems. and why we mount those on the wall. That's just because it's easy to service when they're right here versus right. Big, having to bend over and kneel down. You know, you don't want to do yeah. that. So Fair enough. that's why those are mounted on the wall because they're easy to service at, mm -hmm. at eye level. Right. So, Again, that, that's an added benefit that they're not sitting on the floor, that if you do get four, you know, you got five inches of water in your basement, your water heater's three feet above that, you, you know. You're fine. That's a bonus. So You're fine. Furnace. Same thing. Furnaces, boilers. Yeah. Um, these tend to have more electronics in them, and these can burn out and, and, uh, and fry the, the circuit boards in them. So you may need to replace your furnace faster if it got up into the electrical parts. If it's just down in the bottom where the blower is at, the blower can dry out, you'll be fine, and it'll, it'll fire back up. But again, it's another electrical appliance. If your thermostat's on the first floor the air conditioning's demanding or your heat is demanding. So it's trying to run and unless it blows the breaker, it's sending electricity to that blower motor. Right. So again, there's another source of potential electrification of your water. So again, that's why you don't walk out there. You know, make sure you turn your thermostat from heat to cool to off <laughs> you know, so that you don't go down there and all of a sudden it demands and then all of a sudden you get fried. You know what I mean? So right. milliseconds. Right. Next up, what are we going to do with all the walls, the baseboard? Do we really need to cut all this out like this, three feet up, expose all the framing and put these blowers in there and dry it out, pull all your flooring out? Well, again, it goes back to building for it, right? If you live in a flood-prone area, then, you know, we don't put drywall on the walls. You can do right. all your walls in Dura rock and skin coat it. And it's non-organic, never have to worry about it. Metal studs, don't have to. Typically, we'll pull the baseboards off and drill holes between the studs. Right. And then you can just, they actually have these blowers like this that have small tubes that'll blow air through there. 
The other thing you can use is the fiberglass drywall. So it doesn't have paper in it. So um, we, we do steel stud, then you do the uh, fiberglass drywall, and then we'll use a PVC baseboard too. And then epoxy coat the floor. Now there's nothing that's really going right, to be but organic. Even a lot of the uh, you know, luxury vinyl. Yes, it that'll just, work too. You know, it just snaps together and it's inorganic. So, yeah, it's people that put hardwood on a basement floor that are asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, if, if you've got a basement like this that has the older framing and stuff, you may need to cut that out and, and get rid of it um, if you can't get it dried out fast enough. But if you call these companies out that have these blowers, a lot of times they'll just drill holes in the baseboard, like Rich said, set up the tubing and blow air through them and, and dry them out pretty fast. And as long as but you get them you dried out. the key. It's, if you can get to it soon enough. Right. The key is to do this in, within like 48 hours. Right. And as long as, that, as long as you're starting to dry it out and you're removing the moisture, that mold and mildew will not grow in there. So right. you, you got to just get on it fast. So that's... Um, that, yeah, so, do we need to bleach it then? Right. So if you're, all your stuff's floating like this, are you going to bleach it? Oh, no, that's oh. going out in the scrap pile. <laughs> yeah. But again, yes, all that stuff should be carried out as quickly as possible, get it out of the house, get the water out of the house, and then get the walls opened up on the bottom so that they can begin to dry. Right. Uh, you know, key is getting the water out of there. But, you know, your recliner, yeah, it's probably toast, you know? Yeah, and the bleach, I, I just, I, don't, I wouldn't be using bleach on anything. No, you know. it's not necessary. Like you said, you got good 48 to 72 hours of starting to get it all out and dry it out. If you can get that humidity from 100% to below 68% humidity, you won't get the mold growth. Right. So the key is to get that out of there and get that, you know, that humidity down, dehumidification, blowers, you know, fans, just get that air moving. Right. You could survive that. And if you have, if you've left it too long and it is starting to mold and mildew, you don't want to put bleach on it anyway, because that's just going to make it grow back faster. So mm -hmm. it, you want to use a hydrogen peroxide type mix or so, some of those mold uh, mold cleaners that are designed for that, and they don't have bleach in them. They'll have uh, hydrogen peroxide type products right. in them. So that'll actually clean them instead yep. of but feed them. Yeah, it, unfortunately, you're going to have to toss the furniture and your personal <laughs> items. It's just yeah, yeah, that stuff's going to have you know. You can wipe it down. A lot of stuff you can wipe down, but like that stuff, those leather chairs, I think those are those are going out, going out to the dump. So, um, does insurance cover this? You were kind of we've been kind of touching on this here and there. Is insurance going to cover a basement flood? So, it, it you're going to have to come up with the cost. So, if it's you live on a river or a lake and the lake overflowed, that's flood. Right. And unless you have a national flood insurance policy, your insurance company is not going to cover it. If your basement flooded because of sewer backup, storm drains, whatever, mm -hmm. they're not going to cover it either unless you have storm, you know, storm or sewer backup insurance. Right. So it's a, if you live in an older home in an area where you have particular Chicago with combined sewers and you really think that you're, you're susceptible to this, I would seriously have a discussion with my insurance agent before you, you right. know, get your policy right before something happens. Right, and a lot of times the policies will state that they do not cover anything below grade. So that is all your belongings down there, that's all your files, anything you're storing in the basement, 
That's also your water heater, your furnace, that, all that stuff. Your washing dryers, they're not going to cover any of that stuff. So um, if it's a concern, then you might want to call your agent and have, have that added to the policy or find out how much it's going to be. And you said we'll below grade, so, right? Like, I live in a flood-prone flood area, right? We get yep. hurricanes, we get floods. My national flood insurance policy is $630 a year. It's the, it's the absolute minimum they charge. Mm -hmm. So if you live near a river, but it's not, you know, maybe you're a quarter mile away. But, you know, on that river floods, like it did out west a couple of weeks ago, out through, you know, <laughs> out through Yellowstone and that. Right. The one in a thousand flood, one in a thousand year flood, but a lot of people out there that are devastated and they never had flood insurance and, you know, $600 a year, not that much. Right. And what and, were you saying? And, and you said it months for TV. Yeah. And you said it was below grade, not Correct. below uh -huh. sea level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Around here, we're 700, 800 feet above sea level. We don't have that issue like, like Rich does in Florida, but you know, around here it's below grade is what they say. So, um, you know, if you have a split Water level, the lowest level. Sure. Sure. I'd only be 12 feet above sea level, <laughs> but the water, when it rains here, is still trying to get to sea level. Sure. You're 700 feet above sea level. It's trying to get to 692 feet above sea level, which is your basement floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. So uh, check with your insurance agent. Find out for sure. And uh, you might want to investigate it a little bit. What caused this leak? Was it a floor drain like Rich was talking about? It's, this is combined with the sewers and the storm sewers right. outside. The streets filled up, and then your basement was overflow. And, and it, they, you know, they used your basement as just a, as a, as a stormwater retention area. So, and I've seen that uh, in Oak Forest. The, I, it was a rain event where the storm sewers filled. Right. The water was blowing out of the storm sewers, and a lot of the houses had their garages set below grade. Right. And that water's just running right down. And I literally had a friend who had three, three and a half feet of water in his garage oh. with a steel door with weather stripping. Right. The water was pushing against the door so tight it wasn't coming in. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was barely, I, I should say it was coming in, but it was coming in so slowly. But it, the water literally blew his garage door in, you know, but it, yeah. And that's one of those weird ones where, now how how is that? classified is that flood is that sewer backup is that so you need to have a conversation and really go through that fine print so that you know you're protected especially depending on where you live especially right know? right and it could be uh, a sump pump failed so yeah. if you've got your sump pump there's the old one sitting right there and a brand new one sitting in the hole so you got to check that out you might want to go down and check it especially if you know rain's coming if you haven't heard it in a while and uh, just go down and uh Hit, hit the float switch, make sure it's up and running and it works good. Right. Um, you know, invest, if, if you've got a finished basement, invest in a backup pump. Without a question. Near, usually we set them about four inches below top of slab so that that way the whole underground drain tile system can take as much water as it can right. before your emergency pump kicks in, especially if you've lost power because you only got a battery to run it then at that point. Right. So, but a backup pump's really a good idea if you've got a fully finished basement. And you know, for fifteen hundred bucks, it's it's great insurance if you've got a finished basement. They set up now where they'll actually send you an alarm if there's anything wrong. It self checks the battery, self checks the pumps. So if anything goes wrong with that, it'll send you a, a text or an email and let you know something's wrong. Or if it's been activated, 
it will let you know. So that that way you know your main pump's out and you need to repla replace that or repair it in some right. way. And then uh, the last thing on the, on the battery backup is to actually pipe that out separately. In case this pipe gets clogged from your main pipe, your battery backup should be piped out separately like this is here. And then that way right. you're covered. You don't have to worry about a bad pipe or anything like that. A lot of times those will get put together into the same pipe. Well, if it freezes, it's still not going to, it can't blow it out anywhere. So Yeah, not going to gain much. No, no. So, Is there a place I can go to watch a video about sump pumps? I don't know. You might be able to go to Mighty House. I'm pretty sure we did a show <laughs> at, at Mighty House on our YouTube channel. We got a whole thing on sump pumps. Yep. Yeah, so you can do that. On, and there's also a podcast, so you can go check out all the podcasts, too. And uh, mm -hmm. iTunes are your favorite podcast thing. So then uh, last place maybe you want to check is, like, see, look at that. That's like a, an aquarium right a there. A window well, an aquarium in your basement. <laughs> so these... It's a wet terrarium. Yes. So a lot of basement windows will be leaking, and you'll see the evidence on, on the, the concrete walls or around the trim if it's trimmed out so make sure the leaves are cleaned out of that put a cover on it and then make sure the drain if it's got a drain that it's uh it's draining properly so those are probably the three largest reasons for a, a basement flood so there's also cracks in the walls and stuff like that but um those are more leaks they don't really right. cause floods correct but correct that that's it so who do you call Ghostbusters? Ghostbusters. Servpro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Servpro is one, and, and they're not a sponsor. You know, it's just it's just the ones we use around here a lot. Um, there's also um, what's another one? Service Master. Uh, there's a lot of professional cleaning services that come in. They will work with your insurance company if if you've got insurance coverage for it. They will have the blowers, uh, and they'll come in, they'll cut the walls open, do everything you need to dry it out fast. Mm. And it's, it's well worth the money to, to have them come in and get that stuff, get those blowers in there and get things rolling. Uh, especially if you've got insurance coverage, they'll take care of that, and they'll handle that well, part even, of it. Even if, especially if you don't have insurance coverage, because you might pay these guys a few grand to get the place cut up, cleaned up, and dried out. Right. You can start reconstruction, but if you're, you know, messing around with your insurance company for two months or a month, <laughs> right? It you've can, lost it. You know right. what I mean? You're still going to lose the battle, but you've lost your house. It's going to be mold and mildew, and now it's all on you. So, right. Really important. Just get it dried out quick. That's it. So there you go. A uh, couple things to do uh, when your basement's flooded, and a uh, couple things to look for when when it does flood. And again. We're just going to hit that electrical safety one more time there, Sonar. We don't want to walk down in the basement, especially if the power's on. So right. if you see an extension cord like that or it's flooded and you've got all kinds of... If you of, know you've got outlets or any type of electrical devices below that water line, do not walk in the water because if you potentially ground yourself, there you are. <laughs> there you go. Now that's the way to end the show right there, Sonar. That's perfect. Yes, it is. Self-portrait. So... Click on that subscribe button, dingle the bell, and uh, next time we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let you know when the next one gets posted. And with that, keep it square and level. Until, next, until time. next time. There you go. We actually got that one halfway good. Yeah. That wasn't too bad. It's been, it's been a little bit. We should have done this in our swimming trunks. <laughs> I am. <laughs>
<laughs> you only see me from the waist up. 